Hi, good morning. When you hear this recording, I'll be in Mexico City at a UN conference, the first global gathering of participants in what the UN has declared the decade of indigenous languages. This is something I'll be spending more of my work life on now and in the future. It's a dream I've had ever since I was introduced to the Maori and Hawaiian language revitalization movements in the late 1990s. As you can hear in my voice, I've got really big allergies this morning. So I apologize. I hope this talk is one that comes through clearly. Recently, Bing sent me a link to the article entitled Here at the End of the World by Roshi Joan Sutherland, which appeared in Buddha Dharma magazine a year or so ago. <clears throat> I had quoted the article in one of my Heart of Compassion Dharma talks. It says, Grief is a Buddha not something to learn from, not lessons, but just the way it is sometimes, the spirit and body of a season in the world, a sense, a season of the heart-mind. Grief is a Buddha. Joy is a Buddha. Anger is a Buddha. Peace is a Buddha. You're not meant to cure the grief, Buddha, nor it you. You're meant to find out what it is to be part of a season of your heart-mind, a season in the world that has been stained and died by grief, made holy by grief. So today I want to add, race is a Buddha. How has our Sangha study been made holy by race? What has it meant to you to be part of this heart-mind season? Reading Mindful of Race, listening to a diversity of speakers and their life experiences here in our Sangha circle, inquiring and sharing about how race affects our lives, the integral well-being of our families and community, the whole of the world in which we live. I believe we've journeyed into some new deep territory together. It feels like a good beginning. As spiritual practitioners, we cultivate an interiority, an attention to the inner life that unhooks our over-dependency on external sources of validation. We don't need to look outside to be validated and cared for. We don't need to look outside of ourselves to know that there has been something deeply, deeply disturbing, violent, inhumane in our history in this country and beyond. Cultivating awareness, what we're doing here, reflecting 
contemplating turning our attention inward, what Dogen calls taking the backward step, shining the light inward, makes this kind of journey we're on into a welcome opportunity rather than a fearful threat. Awareness exposes us to our blind spots, our undeveloped aspects. It gives us an opportunity to wake up into fuller consciousness. We've been doing that together. We've been opening our practice to one of bearing witness to suffering. To open ourselves to not knowing. To bring into the light our confusion, our, our dilemmas, our agonies, side by side with our innate compassion and wisdom. What did you encounter here in this heart-mind season? I really benefited from the personal talks offered by Sangha members. The early remembrance of Martin Luther King in Tova's talk. I heard it in the dyads in emails sent to me by some of you in the circle and by the honest vulnerability offered each week. Bearing witness to such honesty and vulnerability feeling our own suffering as well as the suffering of others makes it possible for us to also experience insight and liberation from habitual ways of thinking and doing and being. Bearing witness is a Buddha. Insight and liberation is a Buddha integrity, and wholeheartedness, not knowing, is a Buddha. I was recently asked by an indigenous man from Peru, Quechua man, what's your tribe? And at first, what flashed in my mind was, I have no tribe. I miss a white person. Next, I thought about, I'm a member of the tribe who can fall, but I knew that wasn't right for this moment. Next, I thought, I'm from the tribe of not knowing, (laughs) but I knew this was out of context and wouldn't be appropriate either. So finally, I was about to say, I'm unaware of my tribal background. When my Welsh ancestors began grumbling loudly, rattling my bones. All those green men and green women, druid descendants. Hey, hey, they said, everyone's connected to a tribe. Everyone. Your tribe is Welsh tribe. Well, yes, yes, I know that. I'm apologizing to the ancestors 
And I have no ancestors having been through that transmission process last spring. The Buddhist ancestors. And so at this point in my everyday life, I think I identify more and aspire to a life of service to those ancestors, to the precepts of the Zen Bodhisattva tribe. I feel I'm more in a process of taking backward steps, shining the light inward. I'm a member of the heart tribe, I know that, a heart of compassion, Sangha tribe. And I see myself, as David White calls it, a member of the ones who are becoming apprentices to their own disappearance. I can see that disappearance more clearly now. And I'm learning, I hope, to meet death in a way that remains open and curious. Zen teacher Angel Kyoto Williams who launched the East Bay Meditation Center in Oakland, says in her book, Radical Dharma, a rich relationship with one's inner life deepens the root of integrity, fortifies the heart of courage, sharpens the eye of vision, and strengthens the will to serve and the resolve to sacrifice. I feel the richness, the fear and grief of endings. The richness alongside the insecurity and the excitement of new beginnings. The richness and rawness of turning 70 on this wholehearted, mysterious inner journey. It's clearly a time to be good to my aging body in a healthy way for as long as it's meant to be. I ask myself, when am I resolving to sacrifice? Well, as we've been contemplating race, I'm understanding now more and more my white privilege on a more visceral and spiritual level. I'm deepening my inquiry into whiteness and wise action. It doesn't really feel like a sacrifice to give up my white privilege. But giving up my white privilege is a long process. I, like all of us, are deeply conditioned, imprinted. But I'm trying to sacrifice my special place in the world 
afforded me by my race. Ruth King begins chapter 15 with this quote. Dear white people, no one is asking you to apologize for your ancestors. We're asking you to dismantle the system of oppression they built that you maintain and benefit from. I'll read that again. Dear white people, no one is asking you to apologize for your ancestors. We are asking you to dismantle the system of oppression they built and that you maintain and benefit from. So this morning, please take a few minutes to examine in dyads or triads if and how you're trying to help dismantle the system of oppression. This institutionalized racism and inhumanity that has been built and continues to operate a system in which we are all benefiting. How has this Sangha inquiry affected you? How is this heart-mind season enlightening you, troubling you? How is it affecting the way you want to practice compassion and wisdom? What makes you curious? And where will you take this inquiry from here? Thanks and waving hello. Big hug to all.